This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Hello, and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests. With me, Adam Frost. I don't think there's anything better than growing your own food outside your back door, whether you're sowing, planting out, and then you're harvesting. And then you take it inside and you cook. And me, for one, loves providing for his family. Well, I'm Adam Frost, and I think I'm probably reasonably well known for the growing bit. The cooking bit, yeah, I love. But am I any good at it? Well, the kids say I'm all right, and they eat most of it. So, what I've got is a new best friend and what this lady does not know about cooking is not worth knowing. Oh, what an introduction. <laughs> Tell them who you are. I'm Cassie Best from Good Food and I'm here to bring the food. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, each programme, you're rocking up, we're talking, growing it, cooking it, but you're bringing a meal which is lovely because it's am. like love on a plate. What we're we talking about this week. So today we're talking about peas, one of my favourite vegetables. Uh, Peas, runner beans, broad beans, all of the beans. And I've brought you a lovely dish to showcase these lovely little sweet green pods, which we're going to talk about at the end. So stay tuned and you can find out what it is. Yeah, we don't tell them early on, mate, because we don't (laughs) want them, you know. And you can't fast forward either. (laughs) Cassie, peas. Peas. Your favourite subject for half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I do love peas. Good, good. Because I'm thinking, 
How do we talk about peace for half an hour? Oh, you know? easy. <laughs> I know. Easy, there's so much to say. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open it up a little bit. Okay. And we're going to do peas and beans. Is okay, right? yeah, great. Yeah? So first of all, earliest memory of a pea? Has to be podding peas on the kitchen counter with my mum in the kitchen. Yeah, popping them straight into your mouth. Really sweet, you know, fresh off the vine peas. Yeah, absolutely lovely memory from childhood. Yeah, exactly. Which is, yeah, mine same grandparents and and actually the other one for me if we're talking about beans is is runner beans yeah so my old my old nana so tidy nanas i've told you about and used to grow runner beans every single year and this is how you know back i suppose what you know sort of late 70s you know i'm staying with them for the weekend and this is how simple life was all right <laughs> so we'd do the runner beans we'd be at the allotment all day and and then we'd we'd come back and you get this little plastic thing with this little sort of like cross crisp of, yep. of things in you know yeah i know what you're and talking she about. said go on and you can do the beans and I would get excited about pushing the beans through yeah. to do all the stringing. Yeah. Yeah. And used to think this was amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I love those kind of vegetables that come <laughs> with a quite a monotonous task of like prep work, like podding broad beans is one of my favourite things to do in the kitchen. I love it. Yeah. There's something quite kind of calming and cathartic about it, just spending a couple of hours podding. I mean, I sound like the most boring person no, on earth. No, I'm gonna, yeah. I love it. No, we, so I grow quite a lot of bolotti beans now and I picked them all and then I, I dried them all off for a bit and then... It was a Saturday night and all the kids had gone out. And Mrs. Frost said, you know, what should we do? I said, should we do those beans? <laughs> and we both sat on the sofa, actually with our legs crossed, like, you know, like yeah. a couple of little kids with a, with a bowl in <laughs> front of, of us. And then putting them all out and then drying them all up. And, mm. and then working out how many jars we could fill up with. Yeah. That's how wild it is <laughs> in a frost household. Don't they taste so much better, though, oh, for that effort you've put into they. them? And there's things like pilotti, actually. What I love is and in defeat, I end up trying not to use them. And this sounds mm. really sad because we put them in lovely glass jars and we put them on the side. Mm. And they look incredible they're beautiful aren't they oh, beans. they Gorgeous. really really are yeah. so um half an hour peas and beans let's see what we can do <laughs> okay. i suppose first of all when i mean how much have you done growing them wise what have, what have you done what have you had a go at uh the basics so yeah. i have grown some runner yeah plenty of runner beans really yeah. And um, broad beans, a few peas. But with all of my growing, it's very haphazard. Chuck it in and see what happens. I'm not very good at putting a lot of time and effort into it. I just kind of give it a bit of water now and then and see how it goes. So I'm hoping that you can give me some tips to improve my growing technique because it is something I love to grow and I find it very rewarding to grow beans and peas because you can see them growing and there's just something lovely about, you know, watching them get taller and then picking them when they're at that perfect point. So give me all your knowledge. (laughs) I am going to give you all my knowledge and actually it's it's the one group of plants in the veg garden, for me personally, and this might be something to do with where I live as well, is is that they can be a bit hit and miss. Okay. Um, and I don't just mean hit and miss growing them. Mm-hmm. So prime example is is runner beans. Mm. You know, I, I can grow them really well, but because I'm so busy at a certain time of year, obviously young runner beans, you pick them, bish, bash, bosh, don't eat them. Of course, further you get into the season, you've got to start to string them, yeah. get rid of, the, you know, your edges because mm-hmm. they... they you know, they get stringy and, and they're yeah. unpleasant. 
can you get anybody else in my house to do that? No. <laughs> so, so actually, I've started to back off mm. those sort of things, i.e. leading to the Bellottis because the Bellottis, I can get going. You know, it doesn't matter too much if I'm there or not in the summer and mm. then at the end of the season. And a bit, you know, we've talked about garlic and onions and storing them and they're another, you know, they're another bean. You can store mm. away. So can you eat bellottis fresh or do you have to dry them out? I don't know. There's lots of little confusing messages, isn't there, in the the sort of the growing and the cooking world. You know, someone told me you can't eat young runner beans because they've got eggs. And then, I don't know, someone talked to you about different beans, kidney beans and this, that and that. And and so 100% someone might shoot me down. I have done. Mm. I'm still here. What I would say to anybody is is maybe do your research before you do. But yeah. I but they're very, very young mm. at that point if I'm ever gonna pick them off before. So for me, I think a lot of that stuff, you think about potatoes and they you know, the green on the potato, mm. it'll kill you and because it's full of but actually, in reality, you'd have to eat so much of it. I think that's it. You need to eat a big quantity for yeah. it to affect you, don't you? Yeah. So mm. I suppose the message is do your research, yeah. check it out, you know, and don't eat huge amounts of anything that might be slightly yeah, dodgy. Sure. But as far as growing, I suppose we'd break them into different sections, really. If we did peas first, peas are reasonably easy to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I normally grow them in the main veg garden. And what you do with peas is that you're, instead of like most other things, you'll do a, a simple little drill and you'll sow seeds or, you know, you'll dig a trench and you'll drop something in or you'll make a series of holes. What you're doing with some peas is ultimately is is opening that trench out. So, you know, what I'd do is, is have a trench that's probably eight inches wide, something like that. Okay. You know, and then it would probably be, I'm going to mix it up now and say about 50 mil deep, you know. It's one of the wonderful things we do, don't we? We go inches and then we go yeah. mil and we move between the two. You know, so so 40, 50 mil deep. And again, all of this stuff, you know, you read on a bag of packets, do this on this day, do that, do this, has to be this, has mm. to be that. Don't stress about all that. Okay. Because the reality is, so what I do, anything like this, I'll do it the way it tells me on a packet. Yeah. But I'll also have a bit of experiment it's and like have a bit of a play. isn't it, really? Yeah. Follow a recipe to a yeah. point, but, you know, feel free feel to Feel free to mess about. Go off Yeah, piece. you're not yeah. going to, you're not normally going to go that wrong. Again, you know, peas, I've done peas in a, in a window box. Okay. Worked really, really well. And actually, peas in a window box look beautiful Yeah, as well. That's the great thing, isn't it, about a lot of these peas and runner beans and things. They've got beautiful flowers, like the runner bean flowers oh, are gorgeous, gorgeous. in a salad. Yeah. And- yeah, and I think anything like that, if you've got a place in a border for, for something like even peas mm. and you can get yourself some little hazel sticks and you make this little cool framework yeah. and as it starts to grow up through, it becomes this amazing little thing. You it's know? Really so pretty, yeah, yeah, it is. So again, grow them anywhere, but trench-wise, so trench and however long you want to do. And then what you're doing is you're, you're placing the peas, if you imagine two opposite each other, then one in the middle, then another one. So you're creating a pattern that's going along. So if you think, because they a zigzaggy yeah. type feel to it. So if you imagine then, when you put your sticks in, mm. and then you start to cover back over, as they grow, that's why you end up really with a sort of a, a hedge of peas. Okay, yeah. You know? And again, it will tell you to pinch out, to do this, to do that. Um, with me, 
they tend to be growing at a really busy time of year. So mm. I don't always manage to nail exactly what they say, but in reality, I always end up with decent peas, yeah. you know? So what I'll do is that ground would have been well fed. And then on top of that, once they get away, well watered, that's one thing that would happen. So, you know, if I think back last year, you know, we had wet, hot, wet, hot, wet, hot. I ended up with a, you know, I got a couple of feeds off off the peas and then all of a sudden mildew started to, mm. you know, which means they were either getting too much or not enough water and the air conditions weren't right and all of a sudden. So it, things like that can get hold of them. But actually in reality, as the season goes on, I probably feed them with a seaweedy type feed okay. probably two or three times mm. and away they go. Keep okay. picking. So. I think what I'm learning from our lovely chats is that you shouldn't avoid trying to grow things just because, you know, you can't perfectly follow the instructions yeah, and just give it a go. And if it doesn't quite work out perfectly, it's learning experience and it's just a fun thing to do, isn't it? I think I'm bogged down sometimes by thinking I must do it this way and that way. And so I'm a bit more reserved about giving it a go. But Whereas, whereas probably, you know, at times I'd be in the kitchen, I must follow a recipe. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Whereas yeah. actually in reality, yeah, all right, there's, there's a base knowledge. If we put the goodness into our soil, mm. you know, we know we're giving the plant the best chance. But then on top of that, if we give it a little bit of TLC, we'll help it through. We can't affect whether it's going to pour sunny, pour sunny. We can't affect if it's going to blow like from the north or the east we can't affect those things so there's no point worrying about Mm. them what you will learn over a period of time is what grows well on your soil Mm. I think growing veggies there's a lot of local knowledge so Mm. someone that takes on an allotment the first thing you should do when you get down there is go and find the old boys, the old girls that have been down there for years and they've got that local knowledge Yeah, and they'll say peas Oh, I wouldn't try peas around here. Okay. You know, or they'll yeah. say, yeah, what you want to do is you want to try this variety mm. or I do this. And that knowledge is is there, you know. So, so the soil and the climate is yeah, so important to Very much so. Yeah. And I think, as I said as well, lifestyle. So what I've ended up doing is normally now, if we look at something like broad beans, I'll get to, you know, the winter months or, the you know, October time and and then my onions will go in, my garlic will go in, but also I can start my broad beans off. Mm. So a lot of the time, broad beans will really be good if they have a winter before they go into the spring and then you'll get early broad beans. So if I had three crops that I probably get in the ground mm. going into the winter, broad beans would be one of them. Okay. You know? That's when it's a bit of a quieter time of year as well. It's nice to yeah. get something in there. And then you're getting earlier mm. broad beans. And when it comes to broad beans, how, how do you approach the podding and the because I think they're double a bit, podding. yeah, double ponded <laughs> yeah. and all that. Because I think they're a bit like, I think you know, you know, I've talked about it before. That idea that we love growing runner beans in mm. this country. Yeah, but they're not. I don't feel like everyone loves them. No, loves to eat them as much as maybe we love to grow them. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! I think it comes back to maybe having bad memories of them, you know, not being cooked in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> when we were younger, yeah. you know, my mum used to just boil them to death, you know, put them through the shredder, as you said, yeah. peel off the fibrous strings and then put them through the shredder, boil them and boil them and boil them until they really didn't taste of much. No. But there's so many ways out there to cook them in a, you know, a more exciting way. So we've got a, a curry on the Good Food website. It's a Sri Lankan style runner bean curry, Ooh. which is just packed with flavour and it's so delicious. So something like that, you know, just brings it to life and you yeah. get to enjoy the runner bean in a completely different way. I can't remember what your question no, was. That's I what, no, that is, no, what that is one of them. That's <laughs> lovely. Don't worry, mate. I'll just sit and... I'm, a, I'm, like, a, a food I'm like a Labrador <laughs> puppy. Just my eyes are open and just like... Oh, oh, we're talking about food. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. I can't help but, myself. Yeah, but actually, you're right about the boiling to death. So I can remember you made me think about Tidy Nan. So we go down the allotment on a mm. Saturday. So the idea of allotment on a Saturday, so my old granddad had a manual job, but but actually at the weekend, his jacket would go on, his tie would go on. That would mean we'd go down the allotment. Yeah. We'd be down there all morning. And then lunchtime, Nan would come down. She'd bring cheese sandwiches, flasks. If we were feeling, you know, really flash we'd have spam you know that's what it was like <laughs> back then and and then we'd send her back with the most amazing basket of organic yeah. vegetables that she obviously spent the whole afternoon boiling the life out of because <laughs> i could i'm looking now i didn't realize at the time but you know we come back in the gate and we had a big kitchen window mm. and me poor old grandad bless him you could feel his old body just go like that and i realized <laughs> now he was just going Oh my, what was the point of all that, you know? (laughs) And we didn't have microwaves either, you know? So, and she cooked it at two o'clock in the afternoon and then keep it warm. Yeah. So you could hear this rattling as you approached the kitchen, was the plates on top of the pans, like, you (laughs) know? And then you'd look in the kitchen and you could see Nan in the mist. It was like, (laughs) honestly, mate. But yeah, that idea. So, any of those things, don't overcook, is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Any of your beans, peas. When they're, you know, in their peak season, you want them fresh, you want the sweetness to shine through and you want to keep that vibrant colour as well. The the worst thing you can do with a lot of those veg is turn them into that khaki kind of sludgy colour. And they've lost a lot of their nutrients as well yeah. because, you know, beans and peas are packed with fibre and loads of other great nutrients that are so good for us, good yeah. for your gut. So you want to retain as much of that as possible. And if you're boiling them and boiling them for ages, you're going to lose a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, so not good. So it's all about keeping so, them fresh. Yeah. So broad beans, mm. how do we deal with them? Do we double pod? Do we pick them early? And what do we do? do I, we... I do like to double pod you my do. broad bean because, you know, we've talked about in episodes before about how important visual impact of food is as well. And broad beans have this gorgeous bright green colour, don't they, yeah. when you double pod them. And the inner pods are quite tough as well. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, not my yeah. favourite thing to eat when, they're, when they haven't been double podded. And that's how my mum used to cook them as well when yeah. I was younger. I do cheat a little bit. Sometimes I don't double pod them, but I put them in a pot and I pot them out and suck the middle bit out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, so I, I do double pod them, but I do, do it for the eating, eating process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's worth putting in that little bit of extra effort, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. if you've grown them yourself. Yeah. You put in all that hard work, really let them shine by double podding them and they're just so delicious. And it, they're so fun, those lovely little cushiony pods yeah, that they come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love popping them out of those. Yeah, they and, are good. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. And I what like would them. you do with those? 
What was Ooh, you know? I mean, so lovely uh, through a salad, aren't they? If I delivered you some good early mm. broad beans, what would you do? They're lovely through a salad. Really nice with pasta as well. You could put them through mm. something like a carbonara to just, you know, freshen Ooh. it up like a springtime carbonara with peas, asparagus, broad beans yeah, through it. Yeah. It's really, really nice because they work well with the creamy flavours. Yeah. A bit of bacon in there would be delicious. So, yeah, I'd probably do something like that. Definitely, we are not overboiling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something nice and fresh and quick. Yeah, and like you said, you know, if you're growing these yourself, it's again, it's another one of those go back to, you know, and I know we've banged on about it, but choice of varieties, mm. you know, choice of varieties, choice of flavours. Yeah. You know, how does a pita different? Well, it does taste different. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that idea of picking something fresh mm. and that sweetness yeah. is absolutely and pe- fresh peas lose their kind of vibrancy and sweetness quite quickly, quickly. don't they which is why yeah. i think they're mostly frozen when yeah. they're picked fresh and we most of us buy them from frozen which is great they're yeah. you know a great frozen product to keep in your freezer but if you do want to buy them fresh in the supermarkets they they go a bit starchy yeah, they don't do. they they're yeah, not they're yeah, not yeah. that great yeah very very quickly i think they're mm. definitely one of those things that if you don't grow they're one of the veggies that are actually all right by frozen. Do you know what Absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. yeah they, you know, you know, bang, there, they're a really good source. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for the frozen pea. I think it's yeah, probably yeah, the best, yeah. you know, if you're not growing them yourself, yeah. it's the best way to enjoy peas. Yeah. No, so, so as far as sort of growing the broad beans, mm. I would sow those... It's probably sort of late summer, really. Mm-hmm. I'd get them going in the greenhouse. I'd grow them in, grow them on, and then say I'd, I'd put them out normally before Christmas and again mm-hmm. again that being fixed to a date is all gone yeah because the seasons are so out of just not now. there anymore it's so it's it's understanding you know where your soil is mm. is it cold is it warm you know what the weather forecast is going to be so there's no point me saying oh you need to do this this and this yeah I you know I get a gut feel so I propagate them they're there they're ready mm. they come in I grow them on I grow them on to probably about 15 centimetres you know then we'll pinch out things like that mm. and, and then they'll go in the ground and to be fair things like broad beans I'll give them a little bit of protection yeah. over the winter i.e. just with a little bit of sort of fleece around them mm. um, and away they go they really are simple things to grow okay mm. What have you got any tips about pests because my broad beans last year just were covered yeah, I, in green this is like, this ants is, and everything I, I know so my past I, I went at 21 years old to work for a fellow called Jeff Hamilton alright mm. so this man and we're talking yeah, it was a few years ago me being 21 I know you were obviously thinking well that can't be that far away <laughs> but this man back then was organic he was peat free and he was talked about not destroying the countryside, like yeah. you know, and so he would always say the answer's in the soil, boy, and it's all about balance. Because mm. you, you know, as a twenty-one-year-old, you're going, "Oh, this is not perfect. This is not this. Yeah. This is not that." So with me, no, I don't do anything. Mm. I'll be honest with you, I don't do anything. I'll net things over. Mm-hmm. I'll protect things that way. I might use a little bit of garlic spray, which will which will deter certain things. But you have to use that on a regular basis. Okay. But what I've done in my veg garden is I've got other plants. So I've got flowering plants. Mm. I've got a little bit of wild flower. You know, I've got some trees in there. So in my head, I create a habitat, and that habitat is all about balance. Mm. And even with some things, I might leave sacrifice plants. So, okay. I mean, the greens are a prime example. Mm. If I cover my greens, I'll plant some of my greens outside the cover. 
So my, you know, especially my brassica type mm. beans, they'll get absolutely mullered. Okay. So but they the leave the other stuff leave away the other ones alone. alone. So, you know, so for me, if I can do it manually, I'll do it. Mm. If not, I don't stress about it. So it's all about the goodness I put in the soil. Yeah. If I have to feed a bit of extra or if I have to manually cover. And I think that's why something like your actual beans, like your French beans and and broad beans that I'm growing a lot more of, you know, they're they don't tend to get a huge amount of pests. Mm. And and what's lovely about something like French beans is yeah, you can get tall French beans, but also you can get quite low French beans. Yeah. French beans grow quite happily mm. in containers as well, you know. So so with that sort of stuff I tend to propagate them first. You know, the little bean pod gets propagated, potted onto probably about a little eight centimetre, one litre plant, and then I plant it out in the ground. And and what I think with a lot of that stuff is sometimes we can be a little bit eager. So we've got this stuff peppering away, peppering away, peppering mm. away, and we want to get it in the ground. So we put it in the ground. Yeah. But we put it in the ground a little bit too early. Okay. You know, so actually sometimes just giving it another couple of weeks just to let things warm up. Yeah. You know, with the veg garden in the spring, I don't tend to do a huge amount until the weeds start growing. Okay. You know, so if the weeds start growing, oh, now things are growing. There's some wolf in the soil. Yeah. You know, so then I'll start to grow on. But again, if you're the growing that sort of stuff, there sometimes gets a point where you've kept it too long in the pot. Mm. And again, I suppose this is just experience of doing it. It's too long in the pot. And then when you put it in the ground, it sits there. So there is a just a little a point. There's a the sweet spot there. when to when to pop it out. So what I would do with something like that is I'll probably won't just get all of my, my runner beans or my French beans and just sow them all at once. Yeah. I'll probably sow a few, and that's five or six pots done. And then I might leave it two or three weeks later and I might just do another few. So okay. I would never sow the whole packet at once. Right. I so would just save a few. It and it might well be that those ones don't do so well because mm. it's particularly cold or it might be. And, you know, the few degrees different, this batch might be better to go in. Sure. Well, it's only out the same packet yeah. of seeds, so it's not too bad at all. That's a good tip. Mm. How about any, like, interesting varieties? Because in the past you've oh. given me some good, good ones to look out for if you want to you yeah. know, grow something a bit more interesting. I mean, I think for you, you could look at colour-wise. So you mm. could look at, like, you know, the black French beans and yeah. things like that. And you mentioned even the flowers. So I think yeah. there's that sort of thing. But for me, I think my favourite at the moment is is the Bellottis. Yeah. I'm going to give them a go, I think. Yeah. And I think I think as much as anything is they're working with my life. And, mm. and what I mean by that is, you know, the kids are all at an age where they'll do something but they won't necessarily do the bits I want them to do, yeah. you know. <laughs> and gone are the days of getting them to pull the pull the runner beans through. Yeah. So again, I've backed off runner beans a little bit because I'm the only one. Mm. Old Muggins here, the only one to do it. But actually, the Bellottis, mm. they pop away all summer. It doesn't matter if I'm home or away. But I've got some winter stock. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love you know we've talked and about that, before with the onions and the garlics. Yeah when you grow something and then you can preserve it and make it last into the winter. Yeah, yeah. That's really rewarding, isn't it, it? Exactly. And I think with things like those as well, especially the taller stuff like the Bellottis and, and the Runners and, and even, you know, the, the taller French beans, is to think they make great focal points in the garden. So they don't have to mm. be in a veg garden. 
You know, yeah. you can put them in an ornamental border, mm. you know, and they'll grow up and they'll flower and they'll bean. And that is a beautiful and way gorgeous, to grow they? things, you know, grow them up over an arch mm. or something. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly how we think it would be, you know. On the tin. Yeah, I think that's a real takeaway for me that you can just integrate these things into your flower borders. Because I, you know, in my head, I haven't got a big veg patch that I can plant out lots of things, but being able to just plant them alongside everything else that's going on makes it seem a lot more achievable. And it is. And and I suppose with that that idea of of achievable as well is how we store it. So when it things like, you know, runners, I always made, Nan used to make the old runner bean chutney, you know, but, and she would always freeze runners mm. and it would be a bit hit and miss mm. and, and whether you blanched them or not blanched them how would you approach sort of freezing things like french or runners if you have a because that's another thing as well we grow them and we end up with a stock of stuff all at a certain period of time yeah. you know how would you store things like that yeah i, I would say blanching them is a good way to go because you're just kind of locking in the goodness so a quick blanch and then into cold water and then I would lay them out on a a flat surface tray into the freezer so they Mm. you know don't stick together and then once they're frozen you can decant them into a Tupperware or a bag or something to freeze and then they'll be good in the freezer for a good couple of months it's amazing the amount of things you can freeze that people don't realize and it's a great way to preserve you know whatever's in season so I think we should be using our freezers a lot more yeah, and I mean, they, they freeze really well, I think. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's a really good way of, of doing them. And French the same? French yeah. the same as well? Yeah, yeah exactly. Anything quite so. delicate. I think, you know, a quick blanche just helps to lock in the colour and the flavour and the nutrients. Yeah. And like I say, it really does lock in those nutrients and makes them nice and vibrant for months and months to come. So it's really yeah, it's no. a good thing to do, definitely. No, brilliant. Yeah. So when we think about the beans, so first of all, we don't need a garden. We could grow them, you know, on a window in a yeah. window box. In fact, I can remember. This sounds really weird. I did a program, and um, I was sent filming up atop of a bank in London. And the chef that works in the in the bank, it's obviously one of them posh banks. <laughs> um, I created a garden all the way around the top. Wow! And all the veggies that they were doing, and a lot of them they've been using for mainly um, dressing meals and things mm. like that, they were growing in, in window boxes that nice. were only about a foot by about, I would say, six, eight inches mm. wide, you know. And his peas up there were absolutely incredible. So yeah. I suppose that's the first thing, you know. Containers, mm. things like that, you can grow. Even your runners, I've done runners in, in big old, big plastic pots yeah. before. Think about, you know, when you're growing them. You don't just have to do them from seed. You can buy them if you miss it. You can mm-hmm. buy them, you know, ready to go in the ground in little strips, as we call them, yeah. and then they can go straight in. Think about that timing. Don't necessarily go, don't be over keen. Mm-hmm. Don't go too early because, you know, read that weather because ultimately if you go too early, they'll just sit there yeah. like that and yeah. sock. You know, so once that warmth's in the soil, get them going, water them well, feed them well, make sure there's some goodness in that. Tie them in as they go. Don't mm. forget. Don't let them all swiffling about because yeah. the moment they're moving about, they're destroying stuff at the mm. bottom. You know, tie them in, get them going, keep looking after them. And right. then away you go. They're really not a, they're not a difficult one. Like I say, you might get the odd, let's say, pest problems with mildew bits and pieces, yeah. but 
But if you're away for certain blocks of time, do what I do. Think about things like the blotties, mm. you know, the beans that will be a little bit more self-sufficient. Yeah, some, yeah. Of the, some of the taller French stuff. Okay. Um, but again, just gives you that varieties, varieties, okay. varieties. I'm going to experiment a bit more next year and hopefully... We've encouraged people to do the same yeah. and cook with them as well. And yeah, so peas come is something on. we haven't really talked about cooking, have we? Because peas, no. peas is such a staple vegetable, I yeah. think. Like we grow up eating peas on the side of the plate, but I think they're kind of pushed around the plate a little bit sometimes. And it was always that go-to veg that my mum would put on yeah. the side of the plate with the mashed potato and sausages. But again, as we said before, they're not always like the hero of a dish. No. We tend to overcook them a bit, I think. I mean, peas literally need no. 30 seconds yeah. if that to cook. You know, you're just heating them through, basically, if you're cooking cooking them fresh or from the freezer. Yeah. Um, so they don't need long at all. And they are just like little pops of sweetness that yeah, can yeah, add yeah, so yeah. much to a dish. And they're often kind of stirred into something where they get a little bit lost, you know, like a yeah. rice dish or something, and you lose that flavour sometimes. It's lovely, you know, because you're off again. <laughs> here I go, here I go. <laughs> it's good. Um, so, I, as with every episode, yeah. I've brought you in a dish oh, to really showcase hey. uh, one of my favourite ways to cook this vegetable. And this might be a bit of a surprising one, but I bought a salad today, a pea yeah. salad, and it's got some nice pea shoots through there as well, and you could definitely chuck in some runner beans, some French beans, yeah. and it's a ham hock and pea salad, and it's got a nice wow. mustardy dressing, yeah. and I think that flavour pairing of ham and yeah. peas goes so well. It's a classic, isn't it? I mean, my mum always used to make a pea soup with the ham oh, stock yeah, from boiling yeah. up a ham. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real classic, and it goes so well because you've got the saltiness of the ham and the sweetness of the yeah. peas. And this salad is just perfect to cook when peas are at their best, yeah. and it really makes the most of them and makes them the star of the show. So it might be something a little bit different to do with peas, something you, you weren't expecting. No, but, but I, do you know what I love as well is that that sings of early summer. Yeah, it just looks like a garden, a spring yeah, it garden. Does. Doesn't it really it? does. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful. I mean, we've got the peas on there. What what leaves? Because I can see we've got what have we got? We've actually got pea shoots. Are they pea shoots? We've got pea shoots in yeah. there. Yeah, I think we've got some beetroot leaves yeah. and like a nice mixture of uh, watercress. I think we've got some watercress in there just to add a bit of a peppery note. But I mean, you could kind of mix it up with any yeah. nice soft leaves that you've got growing. Some rocket would be nice in there, and a few spring onions as well. So it's a real kind of taste of spring. This one, or yeah. you know, when those peas come into season and I just love it it's fresh yeah it looks good it really makes it the most good. of the peas I think as well what you've demonstrated as well which we don't do enough of is when we when we grow our own there's not one destination point mm. so what I mean by that we you know when we're growing the beetroot it's not the big old beetroot yeah. you know that we're then going to roast or boil or whatever there's a journey, yeah. you know. Look at the peas. There's the pea shoots. Look mm. at, the, you know, there's the leaves. There's lots of different things that we can take along the way, yeah. and and that's sometimes that. I really enjoy just getting home, wandering in the garden, you know, whatever tea might be, and then just picking a few bits off mm. bits, and then throwing it in and putting it on a plate yeah and, and it's amazing how some of those little oh. things can elevate your cooking as well like a few pea shoots on top of a pea risotto oh, it just you know makes it look like you've cooked a fancy yeah, kind of chefy risotto yeah, doesn't yeah. it but it's, yeah. it adds great flavour as well so that's the benefit I guess of growing your own is that you get those little freebies as well yeah no exactly and I think um, this one looks really healthy as well it does look quite healthy doesn't it, it actually is. can um, we have a go let's, let's dig in is that alright yeah Let's do it. I'll tell you. 
And actually, that, that's get just, some of that that's dressing fun. as yeah, well. Yeah, I am going to get some of that. Yeah. Kind of classic French dressing there with Ooh. lemon and mustard is really good with the peas. This is definitely going everywhere. <laughs> How's that? It's good, isn't it? It's just a marriage made in heaven, isn't it? The ham with the peas is just so good. And there's so many mm. ways that you can um, make the most of that flavour combination as well. Like I make some really nice ham and pea croquettas, you know, like a classic Spanish croquetta with cheese with shredded ham hock and peas, which is just delicious. They're just, they're, they're a marriage made in heaven. This sounds really daft, all right? The peas taste like peas. Mm. Does that make, <laughs> yeah. it sounds crackers, doesn't it? But You can taste the freshness yeah, of the peas, you yeah. You can. The amount of times you have peas on a plate mm. and they don't taste... Like peas. Yeah. You know, the one other thing that I love doing with, with peas, what's the classic French thing when you do stock and you can also use a lettuce in there as well? Yeah, so it's like a braised pea. Oh, man, that's, that's lovely. Yeah, My kids love really that. So nice. if I make something and I can't really, haven't got time to make a decent gravy or something mm. like that, I might make that yeah. and use that as a sort of... With a like a, a nice a, a buttery... Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a really lovely way that's just to... lovely, uh, yeah. ...bit of flavour as well. Really, so, really um, nice. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I am, I'm having the best time, mate. It's, it's all right, this how gig, many, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, how many episodes are we doing? Did they say 20? <laughs> I hope so. Let's <laughs> exactly. just keep it rolling. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Mind you, by the end of it, you know, I'll be about 90 stone. <laughs> I'll bring another salad door. next exactly. time. <laughs> I won't be able to get out of the door. Well, as per normal, um, even I thought, wow, how are we going to do 30 minutes on peas? But, um, but yeah, have a go. Have a go. This, and I think the point that you made out of this is the key. It's not all about perfection. This mm. is about, in either place, it's not about perfection in the kitchen and it's not about perfection in the garden. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. And all of this is about moments. And I think the other thing that's come out of this, which is lovely for me, is is everything that you have put on when we're doing these podcasts are a memory. Mm. They're a conversation. Yeah. you know. And if you can do that, you can grow, you can bring that to the table for the family, you can put that in front of them and you kick off a conversation about the plate of food in front of you, mm. then that has got to be magical, hasn't it? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. There's something so beautiful about bringing everyone together around the yeah. table and actually feeling engaged with what you're eating rather than, you know, just pulling something out of the freezer, which let's face it, we all have times when we just want a yeah, convenient yeah, yeah. meal. But putting a bit of love into growing something yourself and then yeah. cooking it, there's just no better no. feeling or taste in the world, I don't no. think. I'm still like a little kid, really, because, you know, I go out, I work, I provide for the family. But when I feel like I've really, you know, I'm an old-fashioned bloke in a lot of ways, you know, when I feel like I've really provided, yeah. they don't really notice in a sense, <laughs> but it's when I've grown food. Yeah. If I've grown food and then I've cooked it for them... Mm. I feel quite like I'm, yeah. I feel good about myself, you know. There's something, you know, it's, I think it's a great thing for mental health as well yeah, you're to right. be able to grow something. It's such an achievement, isn't it? Growing something and then you're feeding your family with yeah. it, like you say. It gives you such a great rush of, yeah, you know, joy to do that. Well, it does for me anyway. No, it does for me, mate. It does for me. And hopefully yeah. if people are listening, they'll come along and we might yeah, get a few more I growing and so. cooking. Bless you. Well, it's been a pleasure, as normal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast with me, 
Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to bbcgoodfood.com. Listener.